Hello and welcome. My name is Julie Clegg and this is World Class Investigator, the podcast for those of you who want to rise to the top of your profession, build an influential global network of like-minded professionals and create a legacy of integrity and excellence. I'm glad you're here. And once again, it's time to take another step in your journey towards becoming truly world-class. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the World Class Investigator podcast. I'm here today with Peter Blexley. Now, Peter Blexley is known to most of you at the moment as the chief on Channel 4's Hunted. But to introduce Peter a little more extensively, Peter joined the Metropolitan Police in 1978 with his first posting being to Peckham Police Station in South London. In 1988, he became a founding member of Scotland Yard's undercover SO10 unit. Since leaving the police force, he's become a successful author and consultant to TV dramas, uh, filmmakers, and as I've mentioned already, he is the chief on Channel 4's hit TV show, Hunted. Welcome, Peter, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, hello, and thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be talking to you. Yeah, so you've got... Um, you know, some uh, a fascinating history. I mean, you and I have had many, many conversations over a few drinks while we've been filming together. And, uh, and so I've learned quite a lot about you and, and you are honestly one of the most fascinating characters that I've ever met. Some of your stories and, and some of your experiences, I, th I think are just incredible the work that you've done and I would just love to hear uh, more about that so I've, I've given a real brief introduction but it would be fantastic if you could just give a bit of an overview of of who you are your history the um, you know how you got to where you are today as, a, as an author and as a consultant in terms of investigation and criminality okay well I'm old school by virtue of my age, unfortunately, I joined the cops a long time ago in 1978. And pretty, pretty soon, I discovered that I wanted to be a detective. Uniform was a lot of fun, and I had some unforgettable experiences. But becoming a detective was what I really wanted to do. And I was fortunate enough to be fairly rapidly selected into that role. And thereafter, I was an investigator and I still am an investigator and I suspect that for the rest of my days I will just always be an investigator. I want to find things out and even though the role of the detective has moved on so dramatically since my day, I still conduct investigations, I write books about unsolved murders, I go out and research them and do all of that. And the skills that I learned back in the day are still completely and utterly applicable to the investigations of the 21st century. So you raise a really good point there. And, and this is one of the essences, one of the reasons that world-class investigator exists right now. Uh, to me, I think we have uh, an influx clearly of digital natives, this generation of youth, young people, people entering the workplace right now that have all these amazing technical skills, uh, very computer savvy. They understand the internet, they understand social media, communications, apps, all of the, the digital and technical uh, tools that they may need to become an investigator. However, they don't necessarily have the training, the life skills, the experience, the old school 
old fashioned detective uh, mindset that somebody like you would have. Whereas on the other hand, you have all of that, but you don't necessarily have as much of the technical skill, the, uh, the digital investigation side of it. And I see a huge gap there. There's a, I think we've got a generation gap right now that's bigger in terms of investigation than we've ever had before. Would you agree with that? Or what would be your thoughts on that? I agree entirely, without a shadow of a doubt, with everything that you've just said. You know, on Hunted, for example, when I go back into the world of contemporary investigations and I work alongside yourself, for example, and the cyber t- and all those other youngsters who have all the skills that you spoke about and, and, and of which I have absolutely none, there is still an enormous place within modern 21st century investigations for those old school skills. Wearing your shit leather out, going going out, reaching out and talking to people. It is so absolutely vital. You have to engage with people. You have to look into their eyes and you have to talk to them. And that in itself is a skill. You have to be able to win people's confidence so that they will engage with you, so that they will trust you. And so they will tell you what they haven't told others previously. And, you know, in order to do that, as with just about every sphere of investigating, the buzzword for me is commitment. You have to be committed to finding things out, completely and utterly committed. Let me give you an example, a very recent example. I've not long returned from Scotland, where I've been traveling to frequently because I'm writing a book on my research into a fascinating and tragic unsolved murder up there. And I spend hours upon hours shoving leaflets through front doors, just like I would have done back in the early 80s on a homicide inquiry. Because what I'm hoping is by reaching out to all those people, making them aware of what I'm doing, all I'm looking for is that one person who's going to pick up the phone and talk to me. And if when they talk to me on the phone, they suddenly think, this guy sounds approachable, I think I can trust him, they'll then arrange a meeting and we talk. And in my old school way, with a notebook and a pen and a voice recorder, of course, I sit down and listen to what they've got to say. And I have taken that research and that investigation into areas where no journalist has gone, possibly not even the police have gone. And that's what I love, meeting people, talking to people, earning their trust and finding things out. But it takes all that commitment for me, shoving those hundreds of leaflets through hundreds of people's front doors in cold and driving rain That's all about commitment. You just have got to do it. I really agree with what you've said there, Peter. I, one of the things that I'm seeing right now and probably like you, I have a lot of people as a result of the show coming to me saying, how do I get to do what you do? You know, your work looks so cool. I want to be an investigator. I want to be a detective. How do I get into that line of work? 
And I also see people that are already in this line of work saying, you know, how do you guys have these successes on the show? How do you have successes in, in life in terms of the investigations that you solve? Because I am struggling. I, and, and sometimes I'll take a look at people's investigations because I, I'm very committed to mentorship. You know, I, I've been doing this for 20 years now. So, so using my skills to help the next generation improve. And one of the things I see is exactly what you've touched upon is people stop too soon. There, there isn't that commitment is the word that you've used, uh, tenacity, determination, the, that willingness to go the extra mile, to keep pushing and pushing until you've pulled every single thread that's possibly loose. And having that analytical mindset that allows you to look at the big picture and think, okay, what am I missing? What have I not done? Including the very old school stuff that you've talked about, you know, knocking on doors, putting leaflets through letterboxes, talking to people on the phone, the things that are not done so much anymore. So I really completely agree with what you've said. And I see it more and more. And I do think that part of the issue is that People that are coming into this line of work perhaps have a shorter attention span because they're used to much more immediacy based on the access to information that we have right now because of cell phones and because of social media and the internet. Absolutely. We live in this now, now, now instant gratification type of world. And I think and I fear that there are possibly senior investigating officers out there of a new generation that do not particularly or haven't experienced and consequently do not value that old school boot leather type work, which is absolutely crucial. Of course, you need your cyber skills and your open source skills and you need computer programs that, that, can, that can gobble up all the data that's collected. But that data when it's not being collected online, has to be connected out there. The old school thing of witnesses, who saw what, who heard what. You are never going to discover that from a computer screen. You are only ever going to discover that by talking to people. And, you know, I was uh, researching uh, an unsolved murder fairly recently, and I spent a lot of time in cafes and, yes, in pubs. And I like a drink. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm working here. I was working, but I was in there and I was having a drink and I was talking to people. And that great age old adage that loose lips sink ships, all of a sudden somebody pulled me aside. I'm having a conversation in a pub and a piece of paper is handed to me underneath the table out of sight of everybody else. That number was the telephone number of the man that I strongly, strongly suspected of carrying out this unsolved murder. The police had been manifestly unable to solve that murder. So I did a bit of research, did a bit of background, called upon a bit of 21st century investigative techniques to find out what we could find online about that man. But at the end of the day, it boiled down to, I had to ask him the question or put the allegation to him, I should say, which I did up car park and I said, you shot him. Yeah. Now, you know, without going out there, and I, I would imagine there are 21st century supervising detectives that would go, what? 
You want to go and spend all night in a pub drinking and talking to people? Where's the place for that in modern day society and investigations? Well, you know what? There is a place for it. Alcohol is a wonderful way of loosening people's tongues and getting them to say stuff that they might not otherwise have done so. And I know I sound like a dinosaur, and I'm sure there may be young people listening to this thinking, really? i just go online and find out what I need to find out about someone. Sometimes you can't. It's like when I was a young detective, you couldn't learn it all from books. Well, you can't learn it all from the internet these days. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes when I've had a very long few days on a trip and it may not have been as fruitful as I was hoping it was going to be and I'm lying on the bed in my bargain basement bed and breakfast and I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to go out there again tonight? Do I really want to shove more leaflets through the door? Do I really want to go to that bar or that restaurant or that cafe? I'm exhausted. I drag myself up and I go, yes, I'll learn nothing by flopping on a bed. Get out there, show some commitment, do it. And you know what? I'm moving virtually every case I work on and I write about. I actually move them forward. And this is why you have so much of my admiration. And, and I just want to address something that you said there that you about sounding like a dinosaur. You know, you and I are from a similar generation. I'm not going to say exactly the same because my undercover training was probably slightly different to yours. But, you know, that's the way that we were trained too. And I'm not sure how undercover training is done these days or how detectives are trained. I'm sure there's a lot more technical and a lot more digital training that goes into that. But I share your view that there is no replacement for human contact. So I'm, I'm just in the process of writing my book and it's, it's going to form part of the, the world class investigator brand. It, it's, it was actually the, the reason that the rest of this brand, this podcast and, and the mentorship program, the other things that I'm creating under this brand. It's the reason for that. It's to explore the relationship between technology and humanity. So ensuring that in addition to social media, technical skills, hacking, phishing, all of, all of these great tools that we've got as investigators, that we're not leaving behind things like compassion, empathy, great interviewing skills, body language, sitting down and talking to somebody and, and instinct using, using your, conversational skills and, and your humanity to actually find the information that you want. And, you know, there is a name for this and, a, and it's a, a term that's not really used that much, but I think we'll see it more and more where the, the crossover between humanity and artificial intelligence, and that is augmented intelligence. And I'm a big proponent of that, making sure that both of those worlds cross over so that we've got human intelligence augmented by technology. And we've got technology that is also augmented by human intelligence and, uh, you know, those old school detective skills that are so valuable. Because a, a computer has never got up from its desk, walked out of the office and taken a case-cracking statement from a witness. There isn't a person on the planet who has ever been arrested by a computer. They have their place but you must absolutely yes. value, trust the, the detective skills that have been there since day one. 
and still very, very much have a place in any kind of modern investigation, not only from the witness taking and if you're a cop from the arresting people, but also, yeah. you know, and it, it happens within the private industry, within the private security industry, sometimes you have to go out there and just blag information. You know, you have to do that. As unethical as some may see, regard it as being, you know, at the end of the day, going undercover, adopting a role, putting on a putting on a front, and going out there and pretending to be what you're actually not is vital, vitally important. In recent years, I've on a on a on a blackmail when um, when uh, a higher net worth individual had got himself into a compromising situation and was being blackmailed for a vast amount of money. I'd long since retired. I had a little bit of a media sort of profile, but I was engaged by this company to go out and work undercover. So I've written plays and I've worked on lots of TV dramas and all of that. So I went out and adopted the role that I could happily play, which was that of a writer. And I went out and sat in this pub where this man frequented and pretended to be uh, that I was writing a, 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 a TV drama. And consequently, I wanted to get other people's experiences so that I could weave them into the characters that I was developing. People were queuing up to tell me their life stories. Everybody wanted to talk to me, including, of course, the subject of the investigation, who I befriended, and we got on famously. And to cut a long story short, we got on so well that in the end he put himself into very compromising positions and we got a raft of evidence against him. The client didn't want to go to the police because he didn't want the risk of exposure. And we were able to have a sit down on a park bench with this blackmailer and say to him, look, look at the dossier of evidence we've accumulated against you in the last few months. Now, would you like us to go to the police with that, or will you kindly desist from blackmailing our client? Go away and behave yourself. <laughs> the client heard from him ever again, and that's just an old-school, very low-tech, undercover operation, and there is still a very, very big place in this modern day and age for people working undercover, which, of course, was my speciality for over a decade. That's right, and you and you you do it so well, and uh, you know you're you're one of the foremost experts at undercover work, I would say, and I and we haven't worked together in that capacity, but I've read your books, I've seen, uh, you know, I've worked with you personally, so I so I know what skills you have, and again, I think um, you know blagging is is becoming a bit of a lost art as people are able to find things fairly immediately online and and don't look outside of that because partly it, it's that there isn't the awareness. It's that people are not being raised in that mindset, uh, don't have those influences, are not able to access that kind of information. And again, this is one of the reasons that I've created the mentorship program under the World Class Investigator brand because I think... You know, historically, mentorship has been top down. So it's been, um, you know, the older generation mentoring the younger generation, but really not much crossover. We've always felt that 
um, you know, rightly or wrongly, that the young people coming out of college and university don't really have an awful lot to teach people that have been doing this for 20 years. But I think that is changing. I really believe that there is, because we've got this huge generation gap in terms of old school investigation and techniques such as blagging, such as the kind of you see work you do, you know, boots on the ground out there talking to people, phone numbers under the table in a pub. And then this technological element of it with social media profiling and open source intelligence, um, phishing and hacking and, and those kind of things. I think there's this big gap in the middle could be bridged by both of these generations working together to fill those gaps and mentoring each other. You are preaching to the converted here because just look what happens when we're on hunted. The cyber right. the analysts, open source, all those people just sit down and give me lesson after lesson in their speciality, in their field, in their skills. And then as a chief, it's largely my job to, to take on board everything that we're gathering in and then strategize and say, well, what are we going to do next? What's the tactic that we can deploy next? And if you look at Hunted, some of the skills that we've used in, in recent shows have been very much old school, indented impressions where we seized a notebook and, and I had the pages underneath were analysed because pages have been ripped out. And people have lost the awareness that when they write in a notebook or a book, they leave indented impressions on many, many pages underneath. And consequently, we were able to gather very useful intelligence there. We've deployed hunters going undercover, very kind of old school, adopting a different role, going in there pretending to be what you're not, all of which have, have brought forward results. Same as that wonderful old school skill of surveillance, the much underrated skill. You've got to be hugely committed if you're going to be a surveillance operative. You've got to be hugely committed if you're going to be an undercover operative. And you've, again, and I'm sorry, I make no apology for repeating the word, you've got to be committed if you're going to go out there and do house-to-house -house inquiries endlessly in whatever weather conditions you might have to operate in. Commitment, old-school skills, there's still very, very much room for them in modern-day 21st century investigation. And it's interesting you mentioned the, the notebook indentation. It's funny because I, it's things exactly like that that I think people wouldn't even think of nowadays. It's, that is so old school. The f even writing with a pen and paper, and, and this is what we see on Hunted, is a lot of people going back to old school methodology, including the fugitives, because they want to stay away from the technology because the technology can track. So we're seeing a lot more people going back to these old school methods of communication and trying to escape. And because of you, I would say directly because of you and your old school knowledge and your techniques and the, the way that you've always done things, I really believe that that's a big reason that we're successful because a lot, because some of this is becoming a lost art. And without somebody that has lived and breathed this for so long and understands all of these techniques across the, the broad range of uh, skill set, um, you know, I think, I think that's, that's the reason for some of our successes, certainly. And, you know, that's really what I want to preserve in terms of 
investigation now and investigation going forward is that mentorship and that collaboration. To me, it's so important. And I, and I fear that certain important skills will be lost altogether if we, if we don't start to collaborate and mentor, uh, the, each other a little more. Yeah. And, and value them and, and have mutual respect for, for skills and investigative techniques, whether they be very, very contemporary or something that's been done for decade upon decade. They all complement one another. And, and, and I think we're a living, breathing example of that in Operational HQ and with the hunters on the ground. You know, we're, everybody has respect for one another. Everybody respects and values each other's skill set, whatever they may be. And it's very much a team effort. And of course, yes, it's the C word again. We're all very committed. <laughs> I'm glad it was that C word. <laughs> We've had some others on the so show recently. Word, right, that's my C word, commitment. Right, I love it. That's uh, that's definitely my chosen one too. One of the things I would like to just get from you is what qualities do you think are essential for an investigator or do you think makes a successful investigator? So we've talked about commitment. That's that's definitely a huge a huge skill and mindset for an investigator. But what else do you think makes a successful investigator? Well, from the C word stems everything else that you need. That determination, that 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 never giving up attitude, that tireless search for the truth. Um, they all they all stem from being a committed investigator. You 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 also have to have a degree of self confidence, or even if you lack that self confidence, you have to summon it up. Um, there are some times when, believe it or not, I think, can I really go and speak to this person? Do I really feel up to it? Ever? And I have crises of confidence quite quite often. But you know, you're not going to find anything out by sitting on your own or talking to to a colleague necessarily. You're going to find things out by speaking to people you haven't previously spoken to. So, yeah, you have to take a deep breath. And, yes, you have to say, right, okay, into the fray once more we go. So you have to summon up some self-confidence and determination. But that all stems from the fact that you are entirely committed to trying to find out the truth. And, and, and it all stems from that. So, yeah, some people might think, blimey, I go on the telly, you know, I write plays, I write books, I broadcast widely on a variety of media outlets. But sometimes, you know, I think, blimey, you know, few pre-match nerves and all that sort of stuff, but you just have to summons it up from deep within yourself and go, right, I'm going to do it. And that's the same attitude that you have to adopt if you are trying to find stuff out. And that, at the end of the day, is investigations in a nutshell, isn't it? You're finding stuff out. And whether it be a murder investigation, when you're trying to find stuff out that others haven't done, or whether you're working in the private sector and you're working for a client that wants to gather some intelligence, find out some something about someone or some organization, it's all finding stuff out. And you know what? If you if you ever get tired of finding stuff out, then you really need to go and get yourself another career. Because investigations is just what that is all about, finding stuff out. And that's why I never tire of it, because I'm finding things out that I've never that I didn't previously know. So consequently you're learning. And that's interesting. That's exciting. That's fun. 
you know, you and I share that same opinion and that same mindset that, and we also share some of those characteristics being intensely curious, just relentlessly curious, wanting to know more, wanting to find out why did, why somebody did a certain thing, how that impacted something else, where that took place, you know, the, the timelines, the motivation, the, you know, how somebody did what they did and why is that it's just that relentless curiosity, that need to know. And I, I know certainly for myself, I've been like that since I was a child. Um, and then you also touched on the other part of it, which again comes back to humanity, where ultimately human beings investigating other human beings. The thing that we're investigating always started with somebody, with a person doing a thing, whatever that was. And that that's really what it comes down to is, you know, there's all the technology in the world, but it comes down to a person doing a thing being investigated by another person. Absolutely. And I've been extremely lucky during my career in the police, during my career working in the private sector, and during my work in researching and writing about unsolved murders. I've been very fortunate. I've found out some astonishing things about people. And back in my law enforcement day, we sent, we sent hundreds of people to prison for thousands and thousands of years. In the private sector, I've, I've ended up with some very satisfied clients. And now, as, a, as an investigative writer, I hope to find stuff out, write books that, that, uh, that entertain people, that they find interesting and they want to turn the next page. And so I've been extremely lucky. But it's all stemmed from the C word. Right. It's interesting you talk about confidence. And when I hear you I, and you talk about luck, to me, it's not luck. It's skill. It's it's tenacity. It's determination. And it's an unwillingness to give up and accept what somebody's telling you when you know that it's something different or something else and that you've got to keep searching. You've got to keep pushing even when you don't want to, even when the conditions are unpleasant or you are you feel fearful or you're worried. It's that ability to keep going. And, and to me, that's not luck. That is that's the essence of an investigator. That's tenacity and commitment. Yeah, you you make your own luck. Yes, that's right. You you absolutely do because because you've knocked on that door where nobody else wanted to go because yeah. you've stayed out later and longer and with more determination and commitment and you've spoken to people that others haven't spoken to because you've been willing to just go where others, frankly, might have been too tired, bless them, <laughs> or they couldn't be bothered, or um, any such nonsense like that. Right. Go where I don't go, you'll find stuff out. Absolutely. I just want to talk about your latest book. You've just released a book called On the Run. So can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, certainly. Um, I've long since been fascinated by how people can commit murder and get away with it, because when I was in the cops, I never worked on an unsolved case. Um, back, but back in the day, we only had fingerprint evidence. If you were lucky, if you found any of that, you'd rely on witness statements, circumstantial evidence. You'd probably hope for a confession from whoever it was you suspected of the crime. We didn't have DNA science. We didn't have all the other areas of forensic science that you've got today. We didn't have CCTV evidence. We didn't have the evidence from mobile phone technology. We had virtually diddly squat. And yet the percentage of people that committed murder and got away with it back in the 80s 
is now still the same. So I was thinking, with detectives having this vast array of, of tools at their disposal, how come people are still, and they are unfortunately, committing murder and getting away with it in the 21st century? So I went out, researched and wrote about these unsolved murders, and I've gone back and researched the ones that, that have remained unsolved, and I've written about them, and 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 now they're they're in the book, which is which is called On the Run, and it's widely available on the usual suspects like Amazon and Waterstones and those kind of places, and it's also in the shops. If you have any interest in murder, in justice, in the criminal justice system, uh, in in me and what I do, then I would suggest you might find it an enjoyable read. And I highly recommend it. You know, your depth of knowledge, your your level of investigative knowledge is just astounding, Peter. The work that you've done and the skills that you have, your ability to pull information out of people and get people to talk to you and, and find uh, what somebody's thinking or find what somebody knows in a very non-threatening way, in a in a very collaborative um ways is fascinating to me and I and I love reading your work. I've also read uh, The Gangbuster, your previous book, and uh and again it's just fascinating. This whole world is is amazing. Is there any one takeaway, any one thing that you could take away from the research that you've done, particularly for On the Run, that can provide any explanation as you see it for why murders are still going unsolved given all of the tools and the techniques, all the technologies and uh, the resources at the disposal of detectives these days? Well, unfortunately, sometimes there are errors by the first officers on the scene. They're not as forensically aware as they should be and consequently scenes sometimes get contaminated and the evidence gets walked away on the bottom of people's, the soles of people's shoes or otherwise contaminated or destroyed. Um, I think sometimes the cops know who's done it, but they can't prove it. And of course, there is a massive difference between knowing and proving. Um, and, uh, and I think there is sometimes an element of that. I think sometimes there is a lack of engagement with the local community and people that might know stuff don't really know who to trust. Um, they don't see the local police. They don't know who they are. They can't connect with them. And my one big note to any investigator uh, 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 in any description or any sphere of work would be nice to people. If you're actually nice to people, they will engage with you and they will talk to you. You know, I now have a business card instead of a warrant card. So I can't go barging into places and bashing doors down and pointing guns at people and all the sort of stuff I did many years ago. I have to show a business card. I have to talk my way into places and I just have to be nice to people, and uh, which, which I like and enjoy and it's probably my default position. And consequently, people will talk to you. Yeah, murders are still going unsolved, which is extremely worrying because my research and the criminal history books will show you if somebody commits murder and they get away with it, then there's a pretty good chance they're going to do it again. And um, I, for one, don't want to be in a pub or a bar or a restaurant 
and accidentally tread on the toes of somebody who's committed murder and got away with it because I fear what their reaction might be, as apologetic as I would be, obviously. They need to be where they belong, which is behind bars. You'll read in on the run one of the cases where I confronted this man in a pub car park. I said, you shot him, didn't you? He laughed at me, but something very interesting happened to him. And um, if you buy on the run, you'll, you'll read exactly what that was. Um, so, yeah, be nice to people, be committed, be determined, and love every single minute. Yes. Well, that's a fantastic note to end our conversation on, Peter. I love that message that, uh, and I agree with you, um, I think being an investigator is the best job in the world. It's, uh, it provides the most, uh, fulfillment, the most freedom. Um, you know, the ability to, to use your imagination, use your creative skills, uh, bring everything together, talk to people, um, you know, work with amazing people like we do on Hunted. Uh, where, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons I love what we do there is just the incredible people that we get to work with and the, just the amazing skills that these people have and the amount that I learn every time um every time we work together so i i agree just love every single moment and um be nice that's a that's a great message i'm sitting here nodding furiously with everything you're saying i couldn't agree more <laughs> fantastic all right peter well thank you so much for for talking to me today and agreeing to be on the podcast it's um it's it's always a pleasure to speak to you and to to sit down and and talk. So again, uh, your book on the run is out right now. Um, I I can vouch for your writing. I can vouch for your stories, and I would encourage everybody to go and pick that book up. Um, once you pick it up, I guarantee you won't be able to put it back down again until you've finished it. And then they can go back. Then they can go back and read the Gangbuster and see what my crazy life was like before all of that as well. But anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, it's um, it's it's been a joy. I hope that any aspiring or current investigator that listens to this may just take something out of what I've had to say. I'm kind of envious of you because I wish I was at the start of my investigative career with all those years in front of me. I've still got a few left. Though. Oh yeah, keep going, Peter. Don't don't quit. <laughs> I won't. Okay, well, I will talk to you very soon, Peter, and thank you so much again. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Well, once again, thank you for listening and for your incredible support. If you're not already a part of the World Class Investigator community, find me on Twitter at HuntedJulie, and I'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Until next time, take care.